0: Hello, I'm Dave Hobbs for Delphi, and welcome to this Delphi Auto Parts Cast. Today we're going to be talking about diesel fuel injectors, the evolution of the injectors, real quick, in case you're a gas guy that works a little bit on diesels, but getting into much deeper aspect of heavy-duty diesel injection, we've got a subject matter expert, we've got service operations manager for the Delphi diesel aftermarket division. Paul Midlash. Paul, thanks for joining the podcast today. Uh, I just want to ask you real quick for those that just want to we want to pull up to speed on diesel injection in general. There's a few injectors laying here. I just want to talk about each one of them briefly, and maybe you can kind of give me some tips on, you know, about the vintage of vehicles we saw these on. This is, uh, this is chrome-plated, obviously, and cut away for, dem- for demonstration purposes. But this injector, obviously, there's the business in where the fuel comes out. This is a
1: non-common rail. This is what's called the indirect injection, correct? Well, that would, that's a whole-type injector used on a, typically a direct-injected engine, but it's, a, it's an older hydromechanical injector.
0: So there was no electronic controls, it simply got to a certain pressure and then, boom, pop, it sprayed, right?
1: Yeah, with that, yeah. once the pressure builds up, it can overcome the spring force, the nozzle opens, and it sprays into the combustion And
0: we're talking technology that's decades old, correct?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's dating back, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s.
0: Great, all right, so kind of moving forward, we've got this Hueys, which is Hydraulic uh, Electronic Unitized Injector. I think that's what the acronym spells out, right? Correct so we have a combination of high pressure oil that would go through uh, a common rail of oil for example like in a uh, well a ford power stroke would be an example or uh, any other uh, what brand of engine are we talking
1: well yeah it's it's Ford Power Stroke or the Navistar, Navistar uh, would right. also have it So other
0: applications out mm-hmm. there, not just the pickup trucks that use right. a Navistar engine. So we control the, the flow of high-pressure oil, and that's going to move a piston down, an intensifier piston, yeah, I think they call it. And then that's going to cause the high-pressure fuel then to spray out into the, into the cylinder. Now, moving down the ladder, a little smaller injector, this is a common rail injector as well. And this is an electronic solenoid-controlled injector. Correct. Right. So that directly actuates the uh, the plunger or a valve or whatever that's going to control the fuel flow into directly into the cylinder on a diesel. Yeah,
1: there's a control valve that it operates. And an
0: application for this particular injector, what would we be talking about?
1: We'd see it on uh, JCB applications, Dusan, Bobcat skid steer loaders. Okay,
0: all right. So things out there doing construction work and out there in the farm fields and so forth. Now coming up to a couple of unique looking injectors that have. Uh, a big spring on them obviously we're going to have a a camshaft driven rocker that's going to control these guys this particular one is going to be a little different than this one we're going to talk mostly about this one today in this podcast Um, this particular unit here this does not require a trim code so you basically install it and you're ready to go
1: it doesn't have a doesn't require a trim code file however there is a hexadecimal number trim code that you do uh key into the engine ecm
0: okay gotcha all right
1: so finally moving up to this
0: uh this injector we're gonna have high pressure going to it not that actually not that high pressure going to it we're going to have what you said five bar maybe or something yes, like that
1: you a five
0: bar. okay so uh we're talking just a couple hundred psi and this is going to be the electronic solenoid that's going to control that flow and obviously we're going to make the high pressure with the camshaft uh, rocker arm actuator here pushing down the spring plunger Let's talk about the trim code uh, files that uh, we're going to be focusing on today with this podcast. And I've got one right here with instructions on the back. And then here's like a little miniature CD-ROM. So tell us all about this.
1: Well, uh, the, the C7, C13, and some of the C15 injectors that we sell uh, require this trim code file to be uploaded into the Engine ECM. So during our manufact- remanufacturing process of that injector, uh, we develop a unique trim code to go along with it and that tailors the injector for uh, for the, uh, so that when, when we put it in the ECM we get the proper field trim so it, each injector will have typically um, differences related to um, machining tolerances friction between parts magnetic forces so one injector even though the injectors pass our specs they might be slightly different so the trim code file takes that injector and tweaks it so that we get the same target delivery that we're looking for, uh, so we get balanced delivery on the engine. Okay, so if we are
0: had some viewers that are maybe a light-duty diesel techs, uh, this will be similar to what I've seen maybe with a Tech 2 on a Chevy with a Duramax, where you have to enter a code that's on the injector into your scan tool. We're doing this with a laptop, and we're doing this with this file. What's the hardware or the pass-through between, I would assume, the diagnostic connector on the vehicle or the piece of equipment with the diesel engine and
1: uh, and the, the laptop. Yeah, these these typically have a 9-pin Deutz connector that plugs into the di- the diagnostic port in the uh, passenger compartment. That would then plug into a, um, a Nexic USB link uh, vehicle interface. That interface then plugs into the laptop. And we have our laptop hooked to the Internet so we can... Uh, You know, use that to upload the trim code file.
0: All right, educate me a little bit because I'm a light duty uh, and mostly gas guy. This uh, you said a Nexus Link, so that's the hardware. It's not necessarily what I would call like a J2534 SAE standard pass through, but it's something like that. Then,
1: yeah. So it it just uh, interfaces with the USB port on your laptop and allows us to send that data through the nine-pin diagnostic port.
0: Right, okay, so what's the connection to the laptop? A USB, USB, I'm assuming? Okay, so USB, and then we have the Deutsch pin on the other side, so basically, it's the heavy-duty truck version of of a J2534 pass-through, but not necessarily to program everything on the vehicle, but mainly just for the injector trim codes. Does it do anything for diagnostics, allow you to, to look at any data parameters, PIDs, on your laptop?
1: Well, the Delphi trim code program that we've developed, uh, we that program will allow you to do some diagnostic work. It'll actually allow you to swap the injectors and the associated trim code files between cylinders to help you aid in, in uh, diagnosing an issue on the engine. So it's mainly swapping injectors or uploading trim code files.
0: So the swapping injectors, when would you do that? When you're looking for a source of a misfire? Is it this cylinder or that? Exactly. Or this you want injector? To it Is it injector related or not? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what kind of work typically this looks like uh, you could take the rocker arm off you gonna take a nut off or something like that like I would on a gas engine with, with, you know has uh, overhead valves mm-hmm. so I'm gonna remove a rocker I'm gonna depressurize the system and, and I'm gonna obviously take the connector loose and uh, I assume maybe a special tool to or maybe this pulls out by hand but we're gonna get the injector out we're gonna swap it to another cylinder and we're gonna see if the misfire follows uh the injector but you're going to have to do the trim code again to do the swapping so the software on your laptop and this uh uh, this interface you're talking about the nexus that's going to do that job right
1: right you won't need a trim code file for swapping injectors because that's already uploaded to the engine ecm it'll just take it for one cylinder and move it just tells
0: the ecm it's in a different spot then what kind of problems do you see if the trim codes are not let's just say a technician is like You know, hey, I've worked on a lot of older diesels and I'm not used to anything this fancy. It just looks like another injector. I'm gonna pop an injector in or a set of injectors in a a Bobcat and um, just see what happens. What can happen if you don't put the trim coat in?
1: Well, you can end up with situations like low power, high power, rough idle. Um, It'll affect your emissions. And in extreme cases, you could have engine damage.
0: Let's talk about that what exactly happens in these extreme cases where you get engine damage what kind of engine damage i'm going to assume a hole in a piston maybe
1: well it, it'll typically it can uh, you can get overheating near the top of the combustion chamber it really depends on what's uh, how much different it is from the trim code that it's looking for because you can have an injector that your original injector was maybe uh, towards the higher limit and that trim code file brought the fuel down now if you put a or if you put another injector in there with a different trim code file, that can either raise or lower the fuel delivery. And it also changes the timing as well, all throughout the engine speed range.
0: So Paul, question about this Caterpillar injector. All right. So Caterpillar made this hardware. We made this spill valve solenoid. Now we have a a complete remanufacturing process on the entire injector, right? Right here in Troy, Michigan. Correct. Where we go through the injector, new parts, things that are worn, improvements and so forth are taken care of and it goes out the door. Let's talk about uh when they come back. You get some back, let's say a, a technician puts a set of these into to a Bobcat. And they, well, I, I, these are bad. They they pull them out, they send them back for warranty. What's your clue usually? to tell you that they didn't do the trim code read the directions to get that that nexic uh, interface and the laptop out and the usb cable and put the trim codes for this particular injector in the computer so it knows where it's, what hole it's in and how to flow what's the telltale
1: well in some cases when we get injectors back and we, we we analyze every injector we get back under warranty and we find no fault found so when we find no fault found that's typically an indication that someone probably has not uh, uploaded the trim Yeah, and the file.
0: technician didn't pull them back out and send them back out to the distributor for warranty because they like the exercise. They obviously have a drivability problem. So a drivability problem is either something else or this injector is working great. It just didn't have the trim codes installed when the unit was installed in the engine.
1: Correct.
0: Excellent information. Now... Uh, Speaking of getting a set of injectors, I know some of you may not know where to get a set of Delphi injectors for that heavy-duty diesel engine. So if you go to DelphiAutoParts.com, you go down to the bottom and you find the word diesel. Click on diesel and then click on not the one that says repair vehicle, but...
1: It'll, It'll say injector pump repair.
0: Injector pump repair. That's where you click and you put in the country name, United States or wherever you're listening from and then the zip code, and then that'll pull up a list of authorized Delphi distributors that can, some of them are rebuilding turbochargers and things they are bigger businesses, but they can sell your diesel repair shop, your your truck stop, whatever business you have, they will sell you a set of injectors, and if it's one of the ones that have the trim code, it'll have it in a box. Now, speaking of the trim codes, one last thing I wanted to ask you about that. this, this tool, this nexic N-E-X-I-Q, the little interface that goes between the uh, the Deutsch connector on the vehicle and the laptop, and then USB, uh, or sorry, the USB from the laptop to this Nexit, and then from there, a Deutsch connector into the, what I'll call the DLC of the vehicle. Uh, does any other interface work?
1: Uh, you'll find that if you've got the uh, original CAT ET vehicle interface, that'll work. And some other ones, it may work, but we validated the NEXIC USB link, so we know that one works. For
0: okay. Sure. And price-wise, it's very similar to a J2534 universal pass-through that we use in a lot of light-duty trucks and cars. So it's just a little box. It's a, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred dollars, whatever it varies by the manufacturer. But that's the tool you need, and it also may have double duty to do some other diagnostic uh, procedures on the vehicle. <music> So it's not just quantity, it's timing as well. Yes. So that's something that, tell me about how they, when they build this injector, when we build this injector, how how do they determine what that trim code is supposed to be?
1: Well, that's actually proprietary. Okay, so that's the secret really sauce, the <laughs> secret formula, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that, in the soft drink. That's okay. the value added that we put into our injectors.
0: So yeah. would you say maybe competitors' injectors don't do a trim code and they're just kind of loosey-goosey as far as, or, or is that a standard standard these days with those engines?
1: Well, you can find uh, other remanufacturers may not necessarily come up with a unique trim code. They may just put the original trim code back in there, even though the injector, may not be reacting the way it originally
0: did. I see a, definitely a benefit then for yeah. uh, a Delphi injector. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about injector damage. What can cause them I mean replace, replace an injector because it went bad, not just because it's time, it's not like a spark plug that wears out. So an injector that has an issue, I know we can have a misfire and hard starts and so forth, but what physically goes wrong in, in one of these type of injectors?
1: Well, it can be contamination. If you have proper uh, improper uh, maintenance procedures and uh, you're, you're not changing your fuel filters or you're putting a fuel filter in there that isn't the correct micron rating, you know that could cause the injector to wear prematurely.
0: So how about fuel pressure? Can fuel pressure be a, a detriment? I know in some of the light-duty diesels, if you, if you suffered from low fuel pressure, not only a drivability issue, but the, you know, poor lubricity. You don't have enough fuel for the lubrication side of the injector, and the injector itself can go bad. And I think it's been more of what I've heard on, on some of the power strokes, which of course the Hueys were, it's an oil pressure issue. Uh, but in, in the case of these injectors, is pre, is pressure a uh, anything besides just drivability?
1: No, I'd say primarily drivability. Okay, yes.
0: all right. And uh, what kind of pressures again were we talking on this injector coming out the bottom end, the business end, to to make that piston go down?
1: Uh, something like that would probably be in the neighborhood of around 1,800 bar. Uh, well, eight, later injector. 1,800 uh,
0: bar, or... so close to 30,000 psi. Yeah. Same as any other diesel engine today out there in the you know the power stroke world the Duramax world. What else can you tell uh, our, our listeners here to, to look out for on some of the diesel engine issues with injectors? Any advice, any words of wisdom, because you've been doing this a little while.
1: Yeah, well, uh, included with our injectors, we also include a, a box insert that gives you some additional tips to the installer to make sure that they don't have uh, a repeat failure. Things, things to watch out for are finding out what the root cause of the failure is. So if a customer brings in an injector, and you can see some obvious damage there, you know, find out did the customer actually fix the, the vehicle so that way when they reinstall the new injector, they're not going to have a repeat failure. Also, make sure they're following proper engine uh, installation procedures because not installing the injector correctly you know is also going to cause problems.
0: Yeah, what kind of things can you do wrong? I mean, what are the, what are the foolproof things and the things that aren't so foolproof as far as installation uh, physically, anything physically? It almost looks like it'd be polarized, this, this unit especially, where it's only going to get in one direction. But besides that, I mean, how about the O-rings?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely you want to make sure you lubricate them before you install the injector. And uh, you want to make sure you protect the nozzle tip. So we, we tell people, don't remove it from the box until you're ready to install it in the engine. And uh, because it's uh, hermetically sealed in a plastic bag, so we know that, uh, you know, there's no contaminants in the injector. So you want to keep it as clean is possible as you're
0: even though these are great big heavy duty engines and this is a big heavy duty looking injector you would say it's a fine instrument actually
1: yeah we've got clearances of less than a micron in, in our products and uh that's very fine clearances so you've got to be really uh, careful with it yeah
0: a micron i happen to know would be smaller than even a human hair much yes. smaller than mm-hmm. human hair uh, i forget what that specification is maybe 30 microns or something like that so This is definitely hair-splitting stuff, no pun intended. Um, What should you lubricate the O-rings with? Motor oil or silicon? What?
1: Uh, No, you you can use motor oil when you install it.
0: Okay, all right. right. Anything uh, that you want to do prior to starting the engine? Any kind of uh,
1: preparation? Uh, That really depends on the vehicle and the application. Uh, For for sure, you want to make sure you prime the system. Uh, With those injectors, too, you'll have to adjust the rocker assembly make sure you have the right, uh, lash, uh, make sure it's torqued down correctly. Uh, because if it's not torqued down correctly, you can get combustion gas blow by on the nozzle tip and, uh, you know, premature failure that way. So it's just following engine manufacturer's recommendations
0: and on the blow by that would be a telltale that we could see we removed the injector. There'd be signs of combustion gases. We yeah, the
1: no, uh, near the tip area, the ceiling tip area Oh, d-
0: down near here. There, yes. Okay. Very good. And, uh, when you pull an injector out, you're a technician you know, working on heavy-duty diesels, you pull one of these guys out, what are some things I want to look at besides some, some signs of uh, combustion gases, carbon around the tip here? Anything else I should look at to gives me an idea what might
1: have made it die? Well, if you can see any evidence of uh, metallic particles um, around the fuel gallery area, uh, check the area where the uh, ro- engine rocker arm is um, activating it. Uh, check the electrical connectors, make sure they're not damaged. Uh, over-torquing that electrical connector when it's installed uh, you know, can, can cause it to fail prematurely as well.
0: How about the resistance of the winding?
1: Uh, there is a spec for that, and that would be in your engine manufacturer's information. Okay, again.
0: so you're looking for a shorter to open, obviously, right off the bat with an meter, and then you want to see whatever the spec is for that manufacturer, mm-hmm. 8 ohms, 12 ohms, whatever, 2 ohms. Um how about leakage how about the winding itself leaking to ground
1: yeah you could do a, uh, a mega check on it and check the insulation resistance
0: let's touch on that for for a moment um, when i hear the term mega being a car guy and being a hybrid uh, fan myself own a hybrid own a couple of hybrids over the years and done a lot of hybrid training uh, we've used the mega ohm meters, which a normal meter can you know find uh, gross uh, shorts, things that are, uh, you know, we wouldn't call tiny leakages. But in the world of hybrids, those orange cables, if they leak even a tiny amount of current, then a normal ohmmeter could not find continuity, let's say between a ground and a winding terminal. Um, the mega ohmmeters, instead of putting a half an ohm or two ohms, I should, I should say, I'm sorry, ohmmeters actually put voltage into a circuit and they look to see what the voltage drop is of the circuit. Essentially, an ohmmeter does a little low voltage, super low current voltage drop test. And it gives you the reading in ohms of resistance. A mega megaohmmeter puts out about 500, 500 or 1,000 or whatever volts, low current, because it's just a little step-up transformer, and sees if we have up to ohms. Not just mega-ohms, but giga-ohms of resistance. So I'm, I'm familiar with the mega ohm meters or meggers as they call them, or sometimes called high-voltage leak testers. The Fluke uh, series and some other brands out there, Bosch I know has one. Um, and they do a great job on this, but I had no idea until talking with you, getting ready for this podcast, that we're using the meggers on some of these diesel injectors. So would you say uh, your experience? You get out into the shops and you see the, the very high-end diesel specialty shops some of the Delphi diesel shops and then the average you know shop that just working on the alongside the highway there maybe their fleet uh, technicians working on a, a fleet of Bobcats for a rental company do you typically see a lot of meggers out there I know I don't in my car uh, you know environment that I go around to shops what do you see
1: no actually we don't as well and that's a, a tool that I think a lot of people should have actually Megger is a brand. But uh, ah, okay, but uh, yeah, so there's, uh, as you mentioned, Fluke you yes. know, meters uh, have uh, insulation resistance testers as well. So, but uh, I think it's a tool that definitely people should uh, should get. Yeah, my
0: experience it's you know, if you're gonna buy a meter um, and you're gonna work on hybrids or you're gonna work on diesel injectors, a- as a matter of fact, I've seen um, even some applications in the Toyota service manual where they were showing that the mega ohm meter or high voltage leak tester or mega, if you go by that brand name, um, used on the tip of a spark plug and we went from one lead on the tip of the spark plug the other lead on the ground of the spark plug and hit it with 1000 volts and see if it showed any kind of leakage on the meter. That sure beats the little salt water bath with the fine mist of water and torquing it up and drive and seeing if that spark leaks. But it's amazing to see how many different tools are out there that a lot of techs don't have that are not that expensive. I always encourage you, if you need a new meter, just go ahead and get a meter that does both amps, ohms, volts, and the mega ohm meter feature, uh, the, or the high-voltage leak test, and you'll be using it on everything from diesels to hybrids to spark plugs. So it would be a very versatile tool to consider. Uh, beyond that, what kind of words of wisdom can you offer the techs as we kind of ramp up our, our podcast on the big injection and the trim codes.
1: Well, I think yeah uh, again, it's very important that you install the trim code. Uh, and I think that uh, there's a lot of people that uh, don't and they find out the hard way that they really needed to install it. So I think it really just comes down to following proper engine manufacturer's procedures, making sure that uh, you know you've determined the root cause of the failure, so you don't have a repeat failure. Be as clean as possible, installing the injector, install it the correct way, and you're going to have a satisfied customer.
0: Well, Paul, before we let you go, I know you want to talk about the DelphiTrimCode.com website. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what we can find on that site.
1: Well, I think the first thing you'd want to look for is the how-to guide. So I download that. It's a quick download PDF file. View that. There's also a YouTube video on how the the whole process works. So I think you'll find it very easy to use once you've looked at the how-to guide and viewed the video.
0: And if you're a tech like me, it's like, well, the next best thing to actually be in there and have someone like Paul over your shoulder showing you how to do it would be watch the video. So I really appreciate you putting that out there on the delphitrimcode.com site. And we wanna encourage you, if you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at Delphi.podcast at delphi.com. And thanks for watching this podcast. On behalf of Delphi and the Delphi Diesel Aftermarket Systems, I'm Dave Hobbs with Paul Midlash. Thanks for watching, and please catch our next podcast as soon as it's out.